Hello, it's Margaret and here's another episode of Crushed. I'm going to try and be brief here because it's a whopper of an episode. Um, It's the live episode that I did with Catelyn Moran and Sally Hughes that was just so much fun and thank you everybody who came to the show. I'm really, really grateful. There are days where uh, doing a podcast can just feel like a really... A stupid thing to do, and um, but when you have brilliant people in your audience, uh, it just feels like uh, you have a gang, and that's kind of the best thing about podcasts. It's what I love about podcasts as well. So thank you for spending money on tickets. Um, also thank you. We're doing an advert for the for the first time um, during this episode, and um, thank you so much if you're going to use. The code when you're buying um, therapy, that's not a phrase, buying therapy, but you know what I mean. Um, I'm just really, really grateful for everyone's support. And if you're not into getting therapy at the moment, but you still would like to support the podcast, uh, please do like, subscribe, rate, review. It all just helps us to keep going, which is the thing that I'd really, really like to do. Thank you. I think we're going to start doing Patreon um, where you will be able to, I don't know, get merch, get advanced tickets to things and hear the story of Ryan Reynolds. I like to think that that's how he would describe it, uh, that I did in the show. I think we're going to put that out as a separate bit of audio um, for lovely, supportive, paying people. Uh, In the meantime, please enjoy this episode. I think you will. together for broadcasting and writing legends, Callum Moran and Sally Hughes! <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I did warn them I might be in a bikini. I'm sad you're not wearing it. <laughs> I'll put it on again a, for you after. It's such a strong look. It's such I, a strong I immediately look. want to wear one myself. <laughs> Can yeah. you remember Davina interviewed yes, I was gonna say. in a bikini at the end of Big Brother? Yes, no, she I mean, did all her bikinis. Oh, she did all her interviews in her, like a black bikini. I mean, she and looked she, unbelievably. Well, hot. I was going to say she did not wear a polar neck and tights underneath it. I mean, either, did she? Makes it even better. It's got that kind of acorn antiques kind of vibe to it. <laughs> and strong look. Really, really strong. You are secretly very hot under there, though. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Written, I've drawn on a lot of abs. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, so, Cameron and Sally Hughes, I'm so excited to have both of you. You've been on my dream guest list for a long time. Um, one of the reasons is you both strike me as very focused, uh, productive people. And um, like you'd be romantically proactive, by which I mean you seem like slags. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you slags? Cat, you will go first? Yes. Yeah, I mean, while I had the opportunity, uh, yes. Uh, so I hit the ground running. I, I, had, I had touched my first penis on New Year's Eve 1992. <laughs> Sounds like it's just a sort of tap. Yeah, no, I, I went for... It was literally my first kiss and my first penis touch. Oh, my God, I, that's a lot. I, I, I put this in the new book, but I... I, um, I, I mean, it was New Year's Eve and everybody was celebrating, so um, <laughs> the kiss progressed, and then, and then I touched his penis, then put my hand inside his trousers, and then I started trying to wank him off as the kind of, like, as the sort of old Lang Syne rang out through the club. <laughs> But unfortunately, he was a big fan of the jam and so was wearing very tight Paul Weatherstone jeans. You should have two up at the yes. same time. <laughs> 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 You're right, 
it's just, yeah. You missed a trick. I know, I know. I would have been so time effective, yes. Yeah. Um, so no, so I couldn't really get up any kind of like velocity because the trousers were so tight. I could, all I could do was basically kind of like shuffle it around a bit and then go, I'm really sorry. Uh, I'm, that not, was I'm not sure I've ever done much more than that. It's, no, it's no. never been my forte. I mean, I asked him to take his trousers off and he wasn't happy. And then for the next year and a half, I strumpeted around. I, I preferred not to use the word slag mm -hmm. then. I feel like we've reclaimed it since, but at the time that felt, felt too heated. So I called myself a lady sex pirate. Just oh, the idea that I was yeah. kind of leaping from boat to boat and sort of claiming kind of sex victims in a good way. Um, yeah. So I did that for about a year and a half and then I met my husband and he kind of, after a while, sort of explained to me, he would like me to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just concentrate on him. We'd been going out with each other for six weeks and I got off with someone at a gig. I'd completely forgotten I was going out with my husband. Oh, wow. He, came he back wouldn't mind, to be fair. He, he was very he, he wouldn't make a fuss about it. He was very he? mild about it, but he just went, could you, I don't know if you know, but just a bit of admin going forward. <laughs> I'd prefer not for that to happen again. I was like, that is absolutely fair enough. I will. I will now. It's remembered. It's you in the old noggin now. I'll remember. I can't do that anymore. Okay. And Sally, was your youth similarly? Um, I am officially strumpeted. documented. So if you go to uh, <laughs> the middle school of a comprehensive called Duskall Govincombe Rumney in Bargoid in South Wales, if you go into the Victorian, disgusting Victorian toilets full of carbolic soap, you will see carved by paperclip into the wall, Sally H is a whore. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay. H-O-R-E. Oh, um, so who knows what that means? Uh, <laughs> and that uh, that went into the wall when I, so I would have been 12, probably. Wow. And were you a slag? Were you a whore at 12? Honestly, I was. I genuinely was not. No. I mean, later on, very much so. But um, so, do you think it was someone psychic then? He couldn't spell. I think that narrows it down. <laughs> someone magic, but poor at English. I think. I think what it was. So I have four brothers and no sisters. So I grew up only around boys. I was raised by my father. My mother left, and I was a baby. So I was only around boys. And so all my friends at school were boys, and therefore I was a slag because I was with the boys. I, I wasn't having sex with them. I wasn't kissing them I was just doing what I knew how to do which was to be with boys and wear boys clothes and have boys hair um, so that's why I was Sally H uh, is a whore and then said girls had to send letters of apology <gasps> to my mother which seemed a bit rich given that she'd left me for loads of boys she's just reading yeah. it's good to know yeah. not very interested <laughs> um, so I believe that building is now condemned oh. but if you do want to go there. Take some photos. It, I would think it's still yeah. there given the maintenance patterns of the building. Sal, you're very hard to buy for because you kind of have everything, you have exquisite taste, but if I did go and get that piece of graffiti and have it framed <laughs> for you, is that something you would like to have in the house? Or do yes, you... it could sit with my legendary letter from a pop group, couldn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I interviewed a very famous girl group for a cover of a glossy magazine and they left me and all the other women on the shoot an A4 piece of paper written in Sharpie saying fuck off slags. <laughs> <laughs> which, um, which was on my pin board at um, the magazine oh, for God, years to come. It's still in my loft, actually. Oh, my God. And were they right at that point? I mean, I'm not, I am going to move on from um, just going, oh, you flags. And no, they were I'm literally just, the rudest people I've ever yeah, met in my life. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, okay. So, tw at 12, you're not, you know, actually, this, this lady here was saying maybe they were trying to spell hero. Yeah, which is it? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you don't often write that in the toilet. No, uh, so, uh, oh, but actually, there is a follow-up to this story. So years and years and years pass. About, I'm going to say, seven years ago, the girl who did that tried to friend me on Facebook. <gasps> and I was immediately... I mean, I don't want to throw the word triggered around the way people do a lot these days, but I was a bit kind of anxious. 
So, but of course, when someone tries to add you on Facebook, you can go and look at their profile with impunity, <laughs> without accepting. So I went to look at her profile, and the first thing I saw was her trying to squeeze her left tit into a pint glass. <laughs> Do you know oh, what? That's how my you know what? could have been. Yeah. Do you know what, Sarah Hallett? Edited that out. <laughs> um, we all know, though. We all know. The podcast audience doesn't. I'll pass, but I've enjoyed this <laughs> moment between what us. What a beautiful gift she gave you in yeah. the end. Yeah. yeah. Um, but okay, so if we're going back, I mean, possibly to before 12, first crushes. So my first crush was on a boy. So I was very realistic in my crushes very early on. It was like, there's no point in going for the most handsome boy. That's just not going to fly. So this was a couple of years. So I left school at the age of 11 and my parents started home educating me. So all my school stuff happens before the year uh, 1986. And uh, obviously this was in the wake of the young ones being very successful. And I had very long brown hair and I'd been raised by hippies. So I was just called Neil the hippie all the time at school. I was, I was not a catch. Uh, and so I was very realistic in my crushes. So I'd, I'd worked out who like the ninth most attractive boy boy in the, in the school was. <laughs> and so I was like, be realistic. Yeah, shoot for the stars, but a realistic level of star shoot. And, um, and I, I, I look back now at my behaviour around him. Like, for instance, if he left his coat on the ground, I would pick it up and go and put it on his peg while sighing, I pity your wife, whoever she turns out to be. <laughs> Obviously hoping it would be me. Um, oh, my God. Did was... you actually say that to him? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh I, as you can tell, I had not read the female eunuch at that point. <laughs> no. so it was very, very submissive behaviour. So, yeah, so that, I thought that by, by taking care of his coat, maybe he would come to love me. And did you actually think that you would marry him? I mean, I asked because primary school kids, they did, I, I think I was, like, I was looking for a husband quite early on. So thinking, well... Christopher McLaughlin lives very near school, so it's easy to get into his house. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can go to his for lunch. It's a nice, yeah. easy commute, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, on the route. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think I thought I think we def I think I thought we definitely had a future, and then in the end, astonishingly, he did ask me out. On a Friday, he came over and went, Moran, do you want to go out with me?" And I was like, oh, "Yes." And then I went home and I was anxious all weekend because I didn't know what going out with someone no. entailed. I literally didn't know. And the only thing I could think that it might entail is going to McDonald's uptown together. <laughs> and like, I didn't have the money to go uptown. I wasn't allowed to go uptown. I'd never been to McDonald's. So I was very anxious. It, basically the worry about what I would do in McDonald's kind of consumed me where worries about kissing or relationships should have possibly. And then I came into school on Monday morning and his consigliere, his little kind of salacious crumb came up to me and went, that was a joke. David doesn't really want to go out with you. And, uh, I know. That's horrible. And I, I had agree. to say in my noble way, that's okay, he's his own person, he's allowed to think and feel what he likes, and then obviously ran away and cried for about yeah. five hours. So, yeah, that was that that. I know. horrendous. Even after all of the care I'd given to his coat. Like, kind of like, <laughs> no one, I'm sure no one has ever cared more about his coat since. Like, whoever, he, whatever terrible woman he ended up going out with, <laughs> she would never have looked after that Parker in the way that I did. Did it put you off him? No, no, mm. no, sadly, no. Yeah. So, with Sally, did you have? Uh, were you intent on getting married to someone no. at primary school? No, I wasn't. I was not that interested in that kind of business, really. Um, my first boyfriend was a lovely boy called Philip Howard. How old I, were you? So I, so young. So I think I would have been six. So he was, you know, I mean, no, but I'm always interested in what, what did it mean? So, uh, nothing. Like, did it you, meant did nothing you except hands? you're now going out with yeah, someone. Yeah, you've officially. Um, he was lovely. He was the headmistress's. He, he was my favourite teacher's son, uh, Judith Howard. She, she sadly died while I was at school. It was very upsetting for everybody. Um, but she had a son and a daughter, and I went out with her son. And I, I, I was infatuated by him. I thought, I thought about him all the time. But no, I didn't want to marry him. Yeah. 
Um, and what, then, do you remember what, what it was about him that you liked? I think it was probably that he was Mrs. Howard's son. <laughs> <laughs> Nepo babies, <Yeah>. I know. Because <laughs> Mrs. Howard was so glamorous. Yeah. I think if I'm really honest, I probably had a crush on Mrs. Howard. Yeah. Um, but you knew you didn't have a chance with her. No, so you go. <laughs> no. She just, oh, she had like amazing hair and she used to smell great and she used to wear these dirndl skirts and these kind of cork wedges and she was just really glamorous, really, really glamorous in that kind of 1980s, huge hair, leathery suntan, freckles. Did she, did she look like Barbara Dixon? Was it that kind of blousy, big hair kind of thing? Yeah, it was that kind of vibe, a little bit Anna Frieda, it, it, yeah. it just kind of like layered, bouncy brown hair. Do you know to me, Carmen Roller hair? I love she was fabulous. I love that your first fabulous. crush was basically on a woman's hair. That's yeah. That's what I'm hearing here. She was fits. fabulous. Yeah. I loved her. She was such a she was such a great teacher. She was such a lovely woman. So I think um, I fancied him because I really loved his mum. Oh, that's very yeah. sweet, wholesome. very wholesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about sex. Uh, <laughs> So you have those crushes, and I think that, that that's the, I mean, whether it's wifely or because you want to be in the family. Um, yes, I think those sadly are, you have it, because yeah. my those family aren't, that's it, isn't that's it? Those aren't like welcome to my sexual. therapy. Yes, right. <laughs> it does happen a lot. We just got, we just accidentally got nominated uh, for a podcast award in the health and wellness uh, category. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take it, but I'm confused. Let's, <laughs> um, let's hope they've already made their decision before. <laughs> yeah, before yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Votes have been cast yeah, before, before we, we ruin down. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so those crushes, both of those crushes were pretty pure. Mm -hmm. Really, mm -hmm. um, when was the, when was the kind of rubbing your thighs, uh, and who was it? I can remember the first time I had a sexual feeling, and it was whilst watching the incredibly niche, I think, Channel Four sitcom Chelmsford One Two Three, which was which starred Jimmy Mulville as a peevish Roman overseer who had been seconded to the town of Chelmsford in the year One Two Three. This is. Can I just say, I know this woman so well, and this is the most her response. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Does, do people know who Jimmy Mulville is? Can you picture him? Yes. Hmm. I mean, you know, it's a stretch. Yeah. Like, he is, he is so far from being... Well, he was very much of the type that I have always liked since. He was a round-faced boy with a very sort of kissy mouth, and he was funny. So that's kind yeah, of... Normally, he was the, funny. from henceforth, it would always be brown-eyed boys, but he was funny, and he had, like, a mouth that looked like a kiss, and he was wearing a toga, and... Which and, are inherently sexy. Very <laughs> sexy. And he was, he was an overseer, so he had some kind of power, and I had a tingling feeling <laughs> deep down inside in a special place, and I was like, oh, suddenly this is... I had what is this feeling and then 25 years later I was having a very long drunken dinner with Emma Freud and I told her she we were talking about our first crushes and I told her my first crush was on Jimmy Orville the comedy actor who is now owns one of the biggest comedy production companies uh, in Britain yeah and actually can we cut the bit where I said he wasn't it that it was a stretch <laughs> <laughs> You see yeah. how sexy he is. I'll fuck him ha happily, happily, whatever, whatever he wants, whatever he wants. And, and she chortled laughing at this, then left the room and came back and handed the mobile phone to me and she had called him. Oh my God. And I was very drunk and I just heard a voice going, hi Captain, it's Jimmy Mulville here. I, I hear I inspired your first sexual feelings. That's, that's a great honour, thank you very much. It's the worst experience of my life. I can't... Thing you want. Because what, yeah, what did you say? I don't, I was so, so drunk, I just went, I'm really uh, sorry, but I hope you feel honoured. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
couldn't think of anything there else. There is nothing you can say in those situations. My ex-boyfriend told Johnny Marr in front of me that he was the love of my life as a teenager. And what did Marr do? I mean, he was very nice about it, but I just wanted to die. Yes. yes. No, you never want your crushes to know, I no. don't think. That's no. no. No, it's a bad thing when you're outed like that publicly. Yes, yeah, so I think a crush needs to be secretly nurtured. It's yeah. kind of like, it's a tiny little sort of like thing. Do you sometimes do that thing where you like, you eat something delicious, then you might burp a lump back up and then you get to chew it and eat it again? <laughs> so sexy. Yeah. It really is. I feel a crush is like that. You just get to sort of like quietly keep regurgitating this little feeling and chewing it in the privacy of your own mouth and yeah. then swallowing it back down yeah. again. Like kind of like, yeah. That's yeah. secret. Secret, you would never talk about it, secret. No, yeah. absolutely. Um, was was Johnny Marr a sexual thing, or was that just? Well, uh... I was just obsessed with the Smiths, and so he he you couldn't fancy Morrissey, could yeah, you? Yeah, so you were correct. Because so. because you sort of idolised him. Obviously, I don't know. <laughs> you you kind of idolised him. He was not a sexual being, so Johnny Marr was the sexual being, and and I think that history has shown me to oh, be yeah. the correct oh, yeah, judge yeah, of yeah, character yeah, yeah, yeah. because Johnny Marr is. Absolutely best myth. So anyway, yeah. um, but he wasn't my first sexual thought. My first sexual thought was an American werewolf in London. So there's, so there's, <laughs> so what I, stage? <laughs> I remember this so clearly because I've written, I had to write a piece about this for Empire magazine a few years ago and I kind of went through the chronology of it, but I saw an American werewolf in London and there is a sex scene with Jenny Agatha in it in the shower mm, mm. and that was yeah. the first time i had kind of fizzy knickers but yeah. again i think oh, i probably no. but i think i probably fancy jenny agatha <laughs> she's a lovely lady i mean yeah yeah, yeah she's i mean hard not who to wouldn't fancy. But yeah exactly I, you know but it, it was basically just watching people shagging i think that did it yes my, my husband also had a massive revelation whilst watching an american werewolf in london when he was a teenager he um and i, I presumed he was going to talk about the sex scene in the shower and he went no it was the first time i'd seen sash windows <laughs> he was like <laughs> He was this like, is such a flip <laughs> response. Even they don't have them in Birmingham. I was like, oh my God, what are these windows? They look so beautiful. I must move to London. And he did. <laughs> That's such a peak yeah. thing to say. He had a sashual awakening. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. That is the. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of odd crushes on that, but some sash windows. Yes. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah really there will have been a woman on this morning at some point saying she was marrying a sash window. Oh, God, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. will definitely yeah. have been. You're right. Her previous husband was yeah. really into UPVC. She yeah, was horrified yeah, yeah. it was sash all the way. Yeah. Yes. She's yeah. divorcing the Eiffel Tower. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, um, there, there has been, when I first asked you both to come on, I mean, you were both immediately brilliant on cover because some people genuinely say, "I don't, I don't have crushes." Liars. I mean, yeah, all right. <laughs> I only fancy my partner. Tell it to the judge. Balls. I'm sorry. And yeah. um, my husband's not allowed in tonight. Uh, <laughs> he just has to make my props and stay at home. <laughs> the kids. Um, my husband is in the building. He's in the audience. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's. It's healthy, isn't it? Like, he knows you're not going to run away with Johnny Marr or well, Sash Window or your old, so yeah. your old deadhead teacher. These are all quite safe. <laughs> Look, if I got in with the Sash Window man, he'd be over the moon, I would think. <laughs> they are spending, right? That's He's a discount. 20%. 20%. Yeah. Right? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Suddenly, my husband is so relaxed with my crushes that I literally couldn't remember who I had a crush on, so I just said to him this morning, who do I fancy? And he literally reeled off this list that I had to write down. <laughs> he went, okay. you fancy Chris Packham, you fancy Graham Coxon, you fancy Andy Burnham, you used to fancy Chevy Chase, but you don't fancy oh, no. Chevy Chase same, now. Same, same. You fancy Serge Gansborg. I mean, he just, he, he knows all of my fancies. He was completely correct. Mm. <laughs> um, Andy Burnham, that's a good one. Yes. We've talked a lot about um, hot political, uh, you know, people who are 
sort of grumpy and political, <laughs> but politically, you know, ethical. Yes. Being a, like a right old. I love Andy Burnham, but I don't fancy him. Really? Yeah. No, I, I love him, but I know. He's just a very, he looks like he gets things done. He's got, I can't remember someone on Twitter described him as having that kind of, that kind of like dad in an anorak waiting for you outside a nightclub. He'll, he'll take you home. He's slightly touchy, you've been in there too long, yeah. but he'll make sure you get home. No, absolutely. Very much. I, yeah. I, I do like a dad energy. Yes. But um, he's, he's basically, either my age or much younger than me, I think. So I can't, I don't get the dad energy from him because I think he's probably younger than me. When for me, dad energy that's fanciful is like your Jerry Ledbetter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. So you're, you're all aware of Jerry Ledbetter. From The, <laughs> the Good Night. Very much yeah. the fictional character as well. Yeah. yeah, I really fancy Jerry Ledbetter. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like the kind of the polar neck and the, the smell of fags and curry. Gold lighter, really classy gold Palm lighter. Olive pomade. Yeah. It's just like a very 70s dad energy yeah yeah that i find very attractive he's very good at putting margot's like deck chair up for her and putting a table next to it for her drink like how he cares also, for her but every he's couple in the good life is at it yes like you yeah. know that he really fancies margot margot fancies him and they're having a lovely time so that's also attractive yeah yeah really hot. I, I don't fancy tom at all i oh, find no. tom really nauseating um i don't like <laughs> the audience has turned against tom. <laughs> I just that tom good would be the thing that i don't like no i don't like the way tom talks to his no, wife he chides. I, I love Jerry I think Jerry's hotness yeah, yeah, no, he's very relaxed. And I love I love the way he copes with Margot. He sees how ridiculous she is, but he still loves her and wants to bang her anyway. Like no, he, yeah, that's he, the interesting... We've got our, one of our mutual friends, uh, John Niven, talks about kind of the kind of man who's an alpha wrangler. They yeah. are fine around alpha women. Hunting the big game. Hunting the big yes. game. Yeah. It's like, why would you want to fuck yeah. a pussycat when you could fuck a lioness? Yeah. It's like kind of it, the kind of men who are attracted to alpha women yeah. are fine around them, relaxed, amused by them, delighted yeah. by them, but yeah. never threatened by them. Oh, that's very good. Yes, an and alpha that's Jerry, because yeah. he's not emasculated, is he? No. He's well into her. No, yeah. he's not yeah. beta. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like a suburban Richard Burton, another one yes, of our mutual he, crushes. Yes, he, <laughs> yeah. yes he, he, he is. What I, is it about Richard Burton, then? Oh, well... <laughs> I mean, have you have you read the letters? I would live, it's the letters. I haven't read, he's not the one with the fuck cut, is he? No, who's? Oh, that's why I call, my, the, why I call my vagina the fuck no. cut. Like, no, oh. you're, so you're talking about Joanne Paul, Woodward and Paul, Paul Newman. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I'm guessing my horny couples. So Richard they had a Burton, yacht, so that's like, they were very yeah. hot. Yes. It was Paul Newman who coined the "Why go out for hamburgers when you've got steak at home?" That was mm -hmm. Paul Newman in a fuck hut. He yeah. didn't add that to yeah. the, the, the. The quote is less nice with the. Fuck I mean, hut. Paul, New Paul Newman never needs to figure in this podcast because it's just implicit that he's yeah. everyone's type. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard. But well, you just need to read the letters from him to Elizabeth Taylor. They're they're incredibly oh. sexy and gorgeous. They're just gasps of astonishment. Like yeah. he totally gets her. He's amused by her. He's he obsessed her. with her. Yeah. And he describes her one of my favourite because we're both obsessed with Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, we we've always talked about Elizabeth Taylor a lot as a really important figure in our in our lives. So we talk about her a lot. And he, he described Elizabeth Taylor in the most brilliantly romantic way. He always described her as too bloody much. Too bloody much. There's, <laughs> a, whole, there's, a, whole, there's a whole paragraph where he's just howling with lust, where he's just describing her breasts being the kind of thing that would make empires fall, like kind of like her eyes and stuff. He's just talking yeah. about her as like the most incredible construction that he's ever seen. And then he ends it with this funny, but yet incredibly reverent kicker. And it's just, if you can do a really clunky edit now, and then I will, I will call you and I will read this out loud to you as if I'd remembered it by heart. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then we can go back into this and it'll sound like I'd, I'd memorised yes. it. But yeah. it's just okay. it's one of the most beautiful. Incredible. I don't think I've ever seen a better description of a man talking about why he loves a woman. It's, yeah. Oh. yeah. But it, it's interesting, it sounds, and, this, and this comes up a lot. An alpha. Um, yes, on the an alpha, alpha woman. Very alpha. Yeah. Um, you sort of have a crush on the couple. Mm. Like it's not, it's not him in isolation. It's, it, it's a kind of how, how he treats his woman well, as, and how much he loves her. I don't think I'm alone in it. Well, I'm definitely not alone in it because Catelyn thinks it too. But I think lots of women fancy men much more when they've met a cool wife. Yes. Yeah, yeah. no, I think you're I, right. I think men are much more attractive when they've chosen a good wife, like a cool woman that you want to hang out with. Like, I mean, we'll get to my ultimate crush later, but his chosen woman is so brilliant. Yes. That, that it makes me love him more. Does it put you off, though, that they did divorce twice? Who Richard? Yeah. And, but they're impossible. They're yes. impossible people. Of but course, that's what they puts got me it. off them. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of hard work. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just lazy. Yeah. I'm not saying I would not, marry. It's not the kind of relationship I'd want. And how yeah, much I yeah. love no, Elizabeth Taylor, I would not want to be her. There's an amazing description of when she bought the biggest pearl in the world and she just left it in her hotel bedroom and the dog came and ate it. Oh. So then the PA had to be like sort of waiting for the dog to do a shit in order to bring out this legendary pearl, La Peregrina, that's been kind of like famous since the 16th you know, century. Like uh, I love her, but I personally. I would not let my dog eat jewellery. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I love yeah, to yeah. know someone has done that, but it's not what I aspire to, but I love to watch. You know the Elizabeth Taylor diamond, which is the biggest, the, the biggest diamond in is the world? Is it actually named after her now? It's called the Elizabeth Taylor diamond. So two things I love about that. Firstly is, uh, legendarily, in South Wales, where I came from, um, I come from, she went back with Richard Burton, and every woman in the pub and the working men's club tried on the, the ring. She yeah. just passed it round. And the other thing is, I interviewed Patsy Kensett, who was a child star and acted with Elizabeth Taylor, who was an adult actress at that time. And Patsy Kensett was kind of, you know, confused and tiny and young. And she's told me this on my podcast, so you can leave it in. Uh, but uh, Elizabeth Taylor used to come into this little girl's dressing room and they used to play catch with the ring. <laughs> isn't that brilliant? Wow, that's yeah. so classy. Uh, isn't that just like the loveliest thing? It, it's just, it tells you quite a lot, yeah. I think. Yeah, what a day. About the person. Yeah. And a makeup artist I know used to say she used to steal his brushes all the time. And apparently <laughs> she used to turn up at shoots. I'll stop talking about this. <laughs> she she would won't. turn up at shoots and the, sty <laughs> the stylist would borrow kind of furs and jewels and stuff for her to wear on the shoot. And they'd turn up with them and she'd go, for me, thank you. People are so kind to just take them home. <laughs> and the stylist would be like, well, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm dead. People are so kind, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's very Victoria Wood as well. Yeah. Um, so, so you're both saying you still get crushes now. Mm -hmm. And so is that the, those are the sort of qualities that you're talking It's interesting because you're talking about the sash window guys who are mm. cool about you having crushes on other people and I'm guessing Richard Burton would not have been okay with Elizabeth Taylor having crushes on other people. I would think people. not. Yeah, no, I don't no. think I'd like that. But no. I would never want to be with that guy. Yeah. So I hate is... jealousy. I'm not jealous. I can't be with a man who's jealous. It sends me nuts. Yeah, and after three sides, I get really giddy and like kind of the amount of drinking that that couple were doing, I just would I'd just not be able to handle that. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, yeah. And they made the Pope angry, and it's just it's all too much. But it's wonderful to watch. It's like a beautiful piece of sex theatre. But like kind of like, but the difference between those kind of crushes and the ones where you're like, yes, like, you know, I will now have to talk to my husband and get an official sign off that if he dies and Graham Coxon from Blur's wife dies, that I will be officially blessed to marry him. Like, kind of like, I, I, I love Graham Coxon more than I could begin to describe. He's a beautiful man. This so is an beautiful. interesting one. He's though, definitely so. the best Blur. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, fine, take him. Um, though I do like a ginger. 
And he, you know, he's weirdly political, isn't he? Dave? He's definitely available as well. Like kind of whatever we've divvied out the blurs. Like kind of he's so charming. Definitely available, Mark. Yeah, but he's lovely. But it's, you know, it's a realistic crush. It's definitely Thanks. gettable. Thanks. It's achievable. That's yeah. Dave from Blur. This yeah. is what my husband was saying about me. He's saying, <laughs> it's like you just seem sort of horny and gettable. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Got something in my eye. <laughs> really beautiful so sentiment, though. But so, okay, so the whole, mm, I don't really want to get into people dying and who you end up like with, yeah. but I was going to ask, presumably you've met Graham Coxon. Yes, yes, many times, yeah. We and used does to... he know he didn't have no, a mean I would, person? No, I'd like to keep that very Freud. private. Yeah. No, 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 How could it possibly yeah. get out? Yeah, no, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> or it's are you private. doing this? So that he understands that you're a backup as well, and he's then got got it written to in, reach so. out to him. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely a secret. No, don't tell anyone. It's okay. definitely it's, it's a little secret. <laughs> Just a little secret thing I like to think about. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever met anyone and it's put you off them? You don't have to name them if you. Ooh. Yes. Go on. Go on. Yeah. Come to mind. So there's a very famous actor who actually, in fairness, I don't particularly fancy, but lots of people fancy. Oh, I know this one, yeah. And um, I, loads of people tell me all the time, have you ever met, he's so gorgeous. And I met him and he is simply too posh to fancy. He's <laughs> actually, like, he's the poshest person I've ever met. And it actually made me feel a bit nauseous. <laughs> I get, like, he's, he's so posh, it's actually, make, it's bewildering how posh he is. <laughs> Like, you know, you know when people are so posh that they sort of can't form their sentences yeah. and they don't really have any hips? Yeah, it stops them functioning. Yeah, they just can't yeah. function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so posh, I actually couldn't believe it. I so. mean, we're all thinking, who is this? Okay, okay. Similarly, I fancied Benedict Cumberbatch and when the first episode of... It, no, no, no. But when, uh, when the first episode of Sherlock went out, I was the Times TV critic and I just read this howling review going, this show is incredible, but my God, this is the birth of the, the, a star, the biggest star I've ever seen he's so charismatic he's incredible this is absolutely amazing and then I went to do an interview with him and uh, I'd been sent to, I was going to interview him at his parents house in the countryside they give me all the details and I was like well I'm going to meet his parents I do really fancy him I've made that very public <laughs> I should I should go a woo wing in the traditional way wear a wedding dress go yes. a woo wing so I took a bunch of flowers for his mother and a bottle of wine for his father to amazing. make a good impression on my future in-laws and um, I got to the village this is like three years ago <laughs> It really was. She was well into her 40s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, just a fool, a giddy fool for love. Yeah. And I uh, got to the village uh, with the address that I'd been given and walked around this massive house. And there'd been this huge controversy that week in the press that sort of Benedict Cumberbatch was going, everyone thinks I'm really posh and rich, but we weren't actually that rich. Like, my parents were actors. Like, they saved up to send me to private school. And I was walking around this <laughs> fucking castle going, I think he might have lied there. This is... <laughs> One of the biggest houses I've ever seen. It's absolutely gigantic. I'm literally walking past like baronial halls and a swim pool. I've done a full circuit. I'm banging on every door that I can. Like, is, is there a servant's entrance? Is there a grand entrance? I can't work out how to get in. And then a villager came across to me and went, what are you doing? I was like, I've come to interview Benedict Cumberbatch at his parents' house. He went, that's not Benedict Cumberbatch's parents' house. That's Kate Moss's house. <laughs> and I had gone to the wrong house. So went to the Cumberbatch's cottage, which was very modest, and, um, and, and met his parents. And uh, they were absolutely delightful. Um, but Benedict Cumberbatch is not Sherlock, I realised. Mm. The, there were two things that I realised very quickly. The first one was, he's not Sherlock. He's just a lovely, enthusiastic kind of gonky boy. He's absolutely delightful, but he's not Sherlock. And the second one was that my period had started 
and I was sitting on a white sofa. And, and the thing about Benedict Cumberbatch, I don't know if you've seen him interviewed, but when he starts talking, he doesn't stop. Like, he'll, you ask him a question, and he literally goes on for 20 minutes. There was no point where I could kind of go, and that's a good thought, I'm just going to pop to the toilet. So I could feel that I'd done severe damage to oh this God, sofa. Oh, God, oh, God. Yeah, it was really this bad. Happening. This is a true story. Yeah, no. Happening. And in the end, I think I, I just had to go, oh, look out there, there's a woodpecker. <laughs> and quickly pick up the cushion and turn it over, and then hover above it for the next five minutes, and then take my leave. So I Did think, you really turn the cushion over? Yes, it oh was the only... Oh, my God. As I flipped it, I saw briefly what looked like kind of like sort of like the um, what's the thing with the Jesus face, the sheet, oh, the Turin yeah, shroud, the, yes. the Turin shroud yeah, of my <laughs> vagina. It was like a kind of it was almost like a signature, just kind of like yeah. just left the imprint. Well, listen, they, they, you. you know, they can put that on eBay. I'm I mean, sure this, this is the difference between us, isn't it? Because at that point, I would have silently beheaded myself. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Abandoned everything. Yeah. Yeah. She's an unembarrassable person. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> I, I told that story myself. on stage every night for the next <laughs> four months. <laughs> but, but fancying, but exactly, you fancied Sherlock. Fancying a character is different. Yes. So I really, really, really fancy Lincoln from Broad City. Mm. So that's Hannibal Buress as Lincoln. Now, Hannibal Buress is a great man. He brought down Bill Cosby. Yeah. Like, he's a, like, he's a good, good, good No, I've gone egg. fizzy. He's, uh, I love but, him. Yeah. But, I, but I specifically love Lincoln, who he plays in Broad City. Stone a dentist. But, yeah, it's Stone Dentist. <laughs> yeah. Is that your um, type? Yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes you do, you just adore a specific character. We know a writer who moved to LA because she loved Kyle in South Park so much that she hoped to meet him. <laughs> um, wow! But, and how okay, that, how that is that... quite mental. Yeah. But I, but I sort of, I do understand the thing of really, really fancying a character. Like you can fancy, you know, Betty Rubble's a classic example, right? Boys yeah. fancy Betty Rubble, yeah. and that's fair enough. I understand it because it's Betty Rubble. She's amazing. But sometimes it's just the character, not the yeah, Lord Peter. Not the actress playing. Yeah. Yes. Not the animation. Yeah. Not the pencil stroke of yeah. Betty Rubble. What? How, what? How did it pan out with the Kyle fancier? She's still there. <laughs> still the searching and the looking. Still yeah. Searching. Did yeah. she? But did she go to find the voice? Set, the writers? The, I mean, who would it be? I mean, look. <laughs> it was an odd thing. Yeah, no, that was the only bit of communication. Some eyebrows were raised. Yes, yes. However, part of me kind of understood it, even if I wouldn't, you know. Yeah, well, no, as I say, if you pretend something enough and you start to believe it. And, and crushes are stupid, true. right? Crushes really are completely stupid. unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah. They're stupid, they're irrational, they're unreasonable. And as much as I think that I would not up sticks and move across the Atlantic <laughs> to, to meet, meet a cartoon. A cartoon. <laughs> oh, um, some cartoons could possibly do it. I was going to say, unless it was the sexy fox in Disney's Robin Hood, we both. <laughs> Who, I, think, I mean, he yes. comes up a lot. Yeah, I think. Uh, the sexy fox. That was one of the first big conversations you had about cartoons. I mean, there's yeah. quite a few people in that Disney classic that I would bang. Go like on. Kind of, well, also Little John, who's like who's like a big fat bear, who's literally Baloo from the Jungle Book, but wearing a hat. Like they've really not done. It's the same guy doing the same voice. It's the same fucking bear. But like, I'm really glad that they knew. That's the Hollywood have a studio system, yes, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's fine. New fine. costume. I was no, absolutely yeah. fine with that. But yes, and also yeah. Madame Cluck was an early role model for me. There weren't. <laughs> I was a very fat child, and there weren't that many role models for me. But Madame Cluck in that is a feisty gale. She gets things done. Like I was just like, yes, she's I, that's something I can chicken. aim for. Once. You were yeah. hoping to grow. Yeah, she's up and Madame Cluck a is a very feisty hen who is looking after Maid Marian, who is a fox. The, um, Which the, actually wouldn't work a chicken looking after a fox. No, no, God, get the grain The Cadbury's caramel. 
Mel Bunny, Mary Margulies, of course. Yes. Incredibly yeah. sexy cartoon character. Which I really, I'm sure you've had the experience of telling men that who don't know it's Mary Margulies and watching them, you know, watching them go, oh, that's an uphill way. That would put yeah. me off. <laughs> 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 but that would put me off a man if he was appalled by I that. Agree. That would put me Absolutely off because agree. I would think, yeah. well, where's your sense of imagination? And also, yeah. Mary Margulies is very clearly a fruity, sexy woman. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. No, totally. Um, so the, the, what is it about the Disney Fox then? Good ass. Good ass. <laughs> yes. Sprightly. Yes. Alert. I'm really yes. enjoying Alert. Your, your posture now. Yeah. Yeah. Alert. <laughs> Upright. Yeah. yeah. And he's and clearly he's influenced by Errol Flynn's take on, on Robin Hood. Like kind of like you know, he's he's a versatile actor. Like kind of you definitely <laughs> see the influence of Errol Flynn's take on that. But yeah, he's he, he's playful, he's like equally at home in a castle or in a forest, like kind of you can take him anywhere. <laughs> he's, a, he's a pocket rocket, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's a short king, isn't yeah. he? And, and when you're imagining him. Taking him anywhere? Where oh, are you going with a cartoon? Fox? Well, but he's you know, I mean, he he had previously been of noble birth, but he's equally at home with the poor. Like yeah. you know, like someone who's like socially adroit can move in any circles and stuff. Uh, but are you imagining like a cardboard cutout, or are you imagining like is it the full? Don't be silly. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. This is an advertisement for BetterHelp Therapy Online. What's the first thing you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? I won't lie, I'm thinking nap. Or if I'm already getting a nap, a longer nap. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time, but do you ever think about what you would do with it if you did have unlimited time? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to work out what's important and then prioritise it. Therapy can help you pin down what matters to you so you can do more of it. The therapy that I've done has been massively helpful with untangling my thoughts in order to make sense of them so they're not just a clump of anxious screams sitting in my stomach. Therapy isn't about changing who you are as a person, but helping you to find coping strategies for the horrors our lives and our brains throw at us. And the healthier we are mentally, the better we feel physically. If therapy sounds like something you could use, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule, so no travel time necessary. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and switch therapists anytime for an additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash crush. That's betterhelp.com slash crush. How do you feel about Bob Hoskins? I would. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd probably have a go on Bob Hoskins, <laughs> if I'm honest. Both, yeah. I like a little cushion for the pushing. A little cushion for yeah. the pushing, which I'm, right. I'm not instinctively drawn to skinny men. No, yeah. it's not. You don't me. want the angles. Yeah. No. Or like a really kind of pumped gym guy. No, that's not for me. It's never no. really the, been The man thing. who delivered the fire extinguisher I bought uh, today. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, shush. 
he had muscles that I didn't, I've never seen on a real life person. And I was just baffled. I was just like, why is that there? It was like veins coming out of this bulbous. I mean, look, I don't want to be prescriptive about men's bodies. Congratulations on your aptitude in the gym. Yes. Here for it. Yeah. However, put a lot of work not in. for me. No, not that, for there was me. that Clive James description of Arnold Schwarzenegger as looking like um, uh, a condom full of walnuts, which sounds like <laughs> that describes your fire extinguisher guy. Yeah. That's not the thing for me. I like, because we both, we both very much appreciate James Dean Bradfield from the Manic Street Preachers, like kind of like, and, and mm. James in his time. In, has, in all forms. Yes, are you, but okay. in his time oh, he's been very so. fit. He's been like, you know, up to sort of military instructor fitness at times, but we always like it when he sort of like gives in to his genetic <laughs> predestiny <laughs> to get back on the car. Which is a man from Blackwood, yes. where I come from. Exactly, yes. <laughs> and, uh, he likes a pie. His, he his likes natural a disposition is, yes. is a Peter's pie yes. and, uh, and, yeah. and a bag of chips. Yeah, uh, our, our friend did an event with him in Wales and I was able to tell him what the based bakery was in Abergavenny and uh, apparently James Dean Bradfield bought four loaves there. I was like, yes, of course he would. And <laughs> send me the pictures when the he's eating the Manics generally yes. have very dad vibes. So we go to Glastonbury every year and I was watching the Manics at Glastonbury this year. I've seen the Manics so, so, so many times. And I, I got the giggles watching them this year because they are just like some men who've turned up and gone, yeah, where do you want it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they've turned up delivering a fridge. Yeah. Like they're so good at yes, it. They're like, yep, yep, right, Glastonbury, all right then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 45 minutes, all the hits. 45 yeah. minutes, all the hits. Yeah. They're so competent. Take they play me. so well. It's yeah. so tight and sharp. It is literally like they're delivering your new fridge freezer. Literally. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely pay to watch them, you know, put some furniture together, you know, while yeah. they do just do a backing yeah. tape. It is effectively that, isn't it, when you see them? I can't remember it was recently you just said that as I get older as a woman, the thing I appreciate most in a man is competency, whatever so it is. Much. Whether it be, you know, so sexually much. or in tax evasion, but whatever so it is, <laughs> just someone who is actually fucking competent. And that's so what turns me on the most. Yes, yeah. competence is very attractive. In yes, a yeah, no, yeah. A, a, a lovable man-child loser who's just... It's attractive just... in a woman as well. I, just, yes. I find yeah. it attractive in people. Um, did, did, did you ever go for, well, did you ever go for bad boys? Or useless I hate dosses. Yeah, no, right. same. Yeah, we've bonded over that, haven't we? Yeah. I had one boyfriend who was a terrible person, and everyone has a boyfriend who's a terrible person. And um, everyone has the boyfriend with the Betty Blue poster who reads Jack Kerouac and yeah. who loves Hunter, Tom Hunter S. Thompson. Who thinks they can play guitar and they can't. And it is yeah. into jazz and Chet Baker and all that. Mm. And uh, like, it's. And wears a hat, probably. Yes, a hat, yeah, a hat. <laughs> Strapped I mean, on these hat. aren't terrible. The thing about me yeah. is I wear no. a hat. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Hey, guess what? Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe a velvet jacket, like kind maybe of like a it's cravat just, yeah. so, so there's who thinks for, who thinks monogamy is bourgeoisie and all that. So there's that guy, and I think lots and lots and lots of girls have that guy once. The key is to make sure it's once. Yes. Yeah. And early, preferably. Early. So just, just learn it, get it yeah. out of the way. Early, because those men are the most boring, stupid, yeah. egotistical, narcissistic men. And actually, nice men are the best. Yeah. yeah. They you are can, the best. You can tell a bad man, because very early on, they start telling you who you are. Like very often the first thing they'll say to you is, I can tell you're a naughty girl. Oh, and that's their way of going, I'm going to make you be a naughty girl. I'm now going to tell you what sex we're going to have. And now I've told you you're a naughty girl, you're going to have to live up to that because you're 17 and easily impressed. And they'll keep telling yes, you Yes, of course, kind of they're always 12 years older than you. Always older yeah, than yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you never have a younger bad boyfriend. The worst one was yeah. I, I saw um, uh, an Am I the Asshole thing, this poor guy. I mean, I don't know if you follow Am I the Asshole yes, ever, but it's always, it's always the women have the worst men in the world and the, and the men are complaining because the woman has, you know, left a drawer open once and they're like I don't understand <laughs> she should get out of here um, but it, this this woman was saying my boyfriend refuses to buy a bed 
and uh, he sleeps in all of his dirty clothes, which he calls the nest. Oh! Should I get rid of him? And it's just like, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh. Very Why much so immediately. I mean, that is just yeah. not. And I have, but I do have one one friend who was like, I I'm the sort of girl who would have accepted that. No. So, so the most dispiriting the thing ever as an adult woman is to hear another adult woman go, oh, he's too nice for me. No. 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 Stop no. this. Yeah. Yeah. What's nice. Wrong? Nice, lovely, kind, honest, funny man who you also want to shag is the one you need to marry. Yeah, yeah 100%. If you ever yeah. hear yourself saying he's too nice for me, yeah. just go and have some therapy and start having sex for two years. <laughs> yeah. Do not let your vagina yeah. go out into the world. It's going to make a series of terrible mistakes. Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the most dispiriting thing. Yeah. Like, hearing a woman say, I don't want someone nice. I want someone who's actively unkind to me. It's so upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea that nice can't be hot is, you know. I mean, it's... It's the only hot type of person. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. The amount of fantasies I've had about you know men in secondhand bookshops and duffel coats. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Keep talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nearly there. Yeah. yeah. That's my fit in uh, Broad City where they're, they're describing. It's the first time they're sort of describing their sexual fantasies to each other. And uh, Abby goes, "Yeah, I'm imagining it's me. It's Mark Ruffalo." It's Saturday morning, we're going around like a flea market, we're buying all these <laughs> empty orange crates that we're going to use to put our vinyl in. Like kind of, it's like, yeah, that's a sexual fantasy. That's, yeah. that's yeah. exactly what you want. It's Mark Ruffalo at a vintage market at 7.30 yeah. in the morning. Like, yeah. that's that's sexy. That's that's a future. As long as he doesn't talk about politics in Israel, really. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's yeah. the Mark Ruffalo of Abby's dreams, and I'm very happy with yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, what? Um, no bad boys, but yeah, you, you had your useless... Yeah, well, the nearest I ever got oh, to fancy the bad boy, I can remember fan really fancy seeing Edward Scissorhands, that film came out in 1991. And I was working as an usherette in our local independent cinema in Wolverhampton, so I saw it about 50 times. And I drew so many pictures of him in my diary. And I was just like, poor Edward, like so isolated from society. He's so beautiful. I was going through a goth phase. I was very open to being uh, seduced by his sad, sad eyes. But like, it would never, that's the worst possible crush yeah. to have. Like, yeah. he's got scissors as hands. <laughs> He would cut your fanny yeah. off, like kind of no, like the amount right. of goth girls who didn't realise that. It's, it's like it's ripping your knickers off. Hot. They're but ripping your labia. No. Yeah, no, no, no. It's just no. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Edward Penn, my fancy. But don't you? But don't you think that I, that I is... can't fancy a man in such mismatched foundation? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and just from the head down. No, immediately. No. Deal no, break. No, I never fancied him. <laughs> Blend. He's trying to cover scars. No. no. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, don't you think that Edward Scissorhands was for girls who weren't ready to have sex? You know, were scared yeah. of sex. It's just yeah. sort of like you know, it's the ultimate. Catholic uh, yeah. fantasy of like, oh yes, but uh, we can do this hug. Yeah. yeah. And can, then you can go away. I can remember writing in my diary, he could hug me with his eyes, which oh. is about the most teenage thing that you could write. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, obviously the subtext is because he's too scared to touch girls and like kind of like, so that's yeah. the, it's, it's um, Lisa Simpson's Safe Boys kind yeah. of magazine, isn't it? Kind yeah, of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, non-threatening boys. Non-threatening boys, sorry, yeah. that's right, yeah. Um, have you ever developed an unexpected crush? Was there ever anyone that you saw and was like, oh no, and then as you got to know? I mean, I suppose that this, this gets more into the territory of um, just people you end up fancying, which... Do you always fancy people immediately? No, no, I'm not really one, honestly. I, I'm honestly not really one for fancying a, a, like a heartthrob. Yeah, I, th I think kind of Paul Newman is the only one I can think of. The Harrison only kind Ford? of no. Oh really? yeah. Oh what? No Harrison Ford. I got Sal. This might no. undermine our relationship yeah, here. Yeah, you don't no. fancy Harrison Ford? No, he's not for really? me. Really? Wow. Working girl? 
Because I don't, yeah. don't get the indie thing so much, but in Working Girl, him getting his shirt caught when he's trying I to mean, take it off, I mean, the lunchbox is cute. Um, no, I don't really fancy Harrison Ford. No, I think the only This feels like you're going to get lynched. Sorry, it's really I, I cannot understand this as, as Han Solo. Well, like, of course, I, I can appreciate that Han Solo is sexy, but he's quite kind of alpha, obvious sexy, in, which is not really for no, me. No, but he's also got that, that palpable sense that he's quite out of shape and that any minute he's going to have to lean against a wall in a spaceship and have a fag and go, <laughs> I am knackered in the middle of a chase scene. Like, kind of, he's not. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I never, I've never been the girl who fancies... Tucker, I'm going to fancy Zamo, unfortunately. Oh dear, poor yeah. Zamo. I'm just, I'm, I'm just not the Han Solo kind of guy. I, I rarely lust after the appropriate person. So years ago, I wrote a piece for a glossy magazine about inappropriate lust objects. And um, I did like a, a, a kind of straw poll in the office and people said like horrible things like Boris Johnson, which I just find unacceptable. Oh, I just, yeah. I, mean, I judge you if you fancy oh, Boris absolutely. Johnson. I genuinely oh, judge no, you. Like, my he's my friend's mum, I have mentioned this before, but my friend's mum said of Osama bin Laden. Okay, he's got so, such, he's got such so, kind eyes. Exactly, no, exactly that. So the That's art the director, he has. The, the male art director of the magazine I was working on said Osama bin Laden. <laughs> Apparently it's a really common one. There you go. <laughs> I mean, it's a no, really, for me. But I think I, my most inappropriate, I don't think I've got any... Well, I... Th mm. I'm going to bring one up. OK, go on. Dirty Den? Oh, yes. <laughs> so when I was a child, I fancied Leslie Grantham. And you're going Leslie Grantham as well, not Dirty Den. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. What was it about him? Because um, I found it, when it turned out that he'd made a teenager pregnant, I was terrified. I was actually terrified. What, were like you? you? Next, sort of <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, he's, he's, he's coming to, out of the telly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, then, but then also, as is a matter of public record, he killed someone, didn't he? Yeah. He killed yeah. someone, didn't we know that? He killed that? a taxi driver. But you're saying and that's you're like you're standing just, by. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, she's I was turned a, on. I was a child, which both makes it worse and more defendable. <laughs> like, it's... It's awful, but I did fancy Leslie Grantham. So how did you feel when those sex pictures came out of him sucking his finger on, like, do you remember the tabloids did an expose of really? him? Really? Yeah, and he'd say the sexy pictures to anyone. Yeah. Oh, oh, do, you want to, do you want me to Google it now? Yeah. You can see if, that, <laughs> see if that sways you either way. Well, I went, I went off him, latterly, <laughs> but, but when EastEnders first started, I really, really fancied him. But my ultimate older man crush as a child was Billy Corkill. Oh. oh, God, was he? I really fancied Billy Hold on, Corker. wasn't he a drug dealer? <laughs> no, that's Jimmy Corker. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah. OK. I can't yeah. picture No, Billy, Billy Corker was like a kind of militant, strikey... Was he an electrician? I think so Billy Corker was an electrician, maybe. The only two crushes my mum ever admitted to, one was Philip Schofield. Like, and she, would, she would watch him in the broom cupboard. It was really weird. She had eight children, she really fancied him. This is him. turning into quite the edit, this <laughs> show. Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> And the other one was Sinbad from Brookside. She suddenly, <laughs> if you remember, just a jolly rotund window cleaner. And she was just like, she confessed it to all of us, like all of her children. She was just like, oh, I just love Sinbad. I, I, just, I just love him. And you could see she was having sexual feelings towards her. It's quite disconcerting his seeing your mum basically um, going like this his, at Brookside. His name was Louis, oh no, 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 Lu no. That was the other guy. No, Mick, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But what was Louis, um, Mick Louis' surname? You've no. let us all down. A anyway, yeah. was it Merrick? Call yourself Wikipedia. Merrick? Louis Merrick? Yeah. And 
Oh, Mick Johnson. Johnson. Mick that Johnson. Was, was yeah. it Louis Merrick? Emmerich. Emmerich. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you should just end that with, and I didn't fancy either of those. <laughs> just after <laughs> we've, any of them. we've done all this effort yeah, remembering yeah. their names. No, didn't fancy I mean, them. I, I think lots of the men in Brookside were in my wheelhouse. I would say yeah. Damon. I really fancied. Mm. Um, my uh, one of my best friends, Julia, was in love with Paul, um, Damon's brother. You see, that strikes me as a low self-esteem. Yeah. Crush. Mm. I mean, because I've got no idea perm. who he is. He was permed. Oh, he was mm. permed. A man with a perm? Any yeah. takers? Mm. Well, one of my first boyfriends, Mark Schofield, had a perm. Really? Yeah. Did you like it? I also had a perm. I looked like a member of White Snake. <laughs> <laughs> I also had a perm at the same time. We were two perms. <laughs> Hair-wise, I'd say the hairiest thing I've ever fancied. Because, I mean, I do fancy Han Solo, but I would marry Chewbacca, I think. And I... <laughs> I'm also very fond of R2-D2. He just seems a very jolly, like, you kind of... You don't fancy R2-D2. R2-D2 is attracting the yeah, thank you. Thank you to my colleague attracting. R2-D2 is attracting. He's got the kind of physique I like. Yeah, right. He's literally... Like, kind of like... He's a jolly, cheerful, clever... But when we emailed about this, Sally at one point said, the only building I fancy is the Angel of the North. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I did say Angel of the North will have too serious a sex face. <laughs> yes, yeah. that is true. Yeah. Yeah. And, He'd and do her, isn't whereas he? Whereas Kathleen yeah. likes buildings, fancies buildings generally. Yes. St Paul's Cathedral, I think, is like whenever it just because it kind of if you're driving through London, it suddenly pops out from between two buildings, <laughs> and it's just very broad-shouldered, very confident. It always sounds like it's going hello. <laughs> I like if if I went into a bar and I looked along the bar and there was a man, a man, a man, and then St Paul's Cathedral sitting on a <laughs> sitting on a bar raising stool, a pint, literally, I would <laughs> sidle over onto the stool next to it and introduce myself. Like, you, that's a sexy you building. You also, you didn't put this in your email. So Catelyn and I talk many times every single day of yes, our lives. And it's and all about job. crushes. And I wouldn't say all of it, but quite a lot of yeah. it. And uh, one of the things she fancies is she fancies the Channel 4 logo man that walks down. <laughs> the yes! Oh. The big metal one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for you. I'm here Thank for you. you. Every she single... does really fancy that form. Yeah. Every single and thing both that of you form looks does. so attractive when you do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Everything it does is brilliant. It's great with kids. It can play football <laughs> with up to ten children. Like kind of like it's up for running and taking part in a marathon, but yeah. it's a bit of a knackered dad, so you know, it falls back <laughs> and stuff, it can't handle it. It's revolutionary, calling out the news across the valleys and stuff. It's it's like political, it's cultural, it's slightly overweight and knackered, it's good with kids. I mean, this is everything I would marry. But I just keep thinking that your husband, when you know, when people say, Oh, can you spice it up in the bedroom? And your husband is going, Do I have to dress as the child? <laughs> Man, that's really metal and awkward. <laughs> All you need to do is come in and just hum the, the Channel 4 ident thing. Oh. Oh, like a stag calling across a glen. My knickers would be off. I'd be there. Both, both that, I mean, these buildings and Chewbacca and the who. <laughs> I want to suggest that you talk quite a lot and you want them to listen yes, rather than... Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The communication thing is my problem, really. The thing with... Do you, I suppose you do understand Chewbacca after a while, don't you? You start I to... I, I, I approve of Chewbacca as a yeah. crush. I think that's fine. Right. Although More I do remember the, the nearest I've got to seeing 
my actual sexual fantasy being enacted in real life. I went when they launched the three shit Star Wars films. They had a big showing at the Odeon in Leicester Square. I was there. I went with my brother. <gasps> we came you? out and we were like, oh. I went, with, I went with my brother. Did you watch all three? <laughs> he was so excited. They really excited only love each other. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was so excited. He ate a load of cheesy nachos. And as soon as we left, he went, that was the best night of my life. And then vomited all over Leicester Square. <laughs> he was 11 and a nerd. Um, so, no, so we were there. And like, so they showed them in sequence, didn't they? So they, they were the, I can't remember. But anyway, some celebrities were there. And it was all fucking night. And we watched all of them. And it went on for hours and hours and hours. And it started started off like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then people got a bit sweaty and feral because it was going on. And at one point I saw about 10 rows in front of me, a woman had bent her head down into her boyfriend's crotch and was giving him a blowjob while the film was going on. It wasn't me. It was a long day. <laughs> <laughs> it was like some long piece of exposition in the Senate. I could understand. I was literally head in the crotch and I was nudging my brother, just going, oh my God, look at this, look at this. Like, and then I realised that someone had come dressed as Chewbacca and taken their Chewbacca head off and laying it in their own lap. <laughs> At which point I was like, no, it's okay, it's okay. The sex isn't happening, it's fine. But for the second where I was, I was switching from the image of a blowjob to the switch of Chewbacca, it was like watching a Chewbacca sex scene and I got to see it with my own eyes. It was wow. for one second. Because I thought you were going to say someone had come dressed as Chewbacca and had performed a blowjob, which is a real... That was probably happening somewhere else, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. the people were, there was a lot of people dressed up. You'd get matted fur, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you would, yes. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was uh, Sally's wedding video <gasps> that Catelyn put together. Okay, her. so we've never told anyone about this before, no, have we? No. So, uh, so I've been married twice, and um, very much on my second and final marriage. <laughs> I think you would all agree. I bloody hope so. That hen night went on, so yeah. yeah. Don't, don't want to do yeah. that again. Yeah. So, so uh, Catelyn and Lauren Laverne organised my hen weekend, and on the Saturday night, I was told to that the telly was going on and we all had to gather round. And we gathered round and Catelyn had spent a few months approaching people I fancy to, <laughs> um, to make clips um, despairing over my impending nuptials. <laughs> Say, don't do it, I love you it's so good, much. <laughs> so, uh, Bob Mortimer was in it. No! So I oh. love Bob Mortimer. Yes. I mean, who doesn't? There, there, is, there is no... There is no costume that Bob Mortimer can put on that will make me not yes. fancy Bob Mortimer. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, tiny boobs, I'll have a go still. Uh, Tights and pointy shoes. Papier-mâché hats, yeah. face, Flouting. head, yeah. stilts, floating, like anything. George I, Michael mask. I still fancy yeah. Bob Mortimer in any situation. Mm. So, Bob Mortimer did it, uh, James Dean Bradfield did it. Oh, my God. Uh, Guy Garvey did it. It was like a sort of selection of, of, of attractive men. Uh, despairing that I was getting married, slagging off Dan, and so it was like fun. It, it was fun, um, but then she had to tell me. So we were roaring with laughter. <laughs> she had to take me to one side one and get. tell me there was one glaring omission oh. from the video. She couldn't afford. She made inquiries, but she couldn't afford basil brush. <laughs> <laughs> Five grand. It's a very expensive joke. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a very, very expensive, expensive joke. I wavered. I mean, I, did, I seriously thought about it. I was like, is there any way I can just run this through my tax account and say it was like some kind of like, but yeah, no, it but just I wasn't. But I always really fancied Basil Brush yes. because um, he's really well-dressed. He's 
He's neat. He's like well put together. He's really well dressed, and he just constantly laughs at his own jokes. <laughs> he's like, he's yeah. just like a funny cad who's constantly laughing yeah. at his own jokes. I find him irresistible. Yeah. He wears like green velvet and tweeds and stuff. Like, he looks brilliant. Clothes are very important to me. Yes. Like, he looks fantastic. I've always fancied him, and bless her, she looked into it because she knew. She looked into it. It was very expensive. You had to take me to one side, didn't yeah. you? Say so sorry, babe. Sorry, we just Couldn't get Basil. Could I got, not get. I got all the actual humans. Yeah. <laughs> did it all for free, yeah, by the way. Not like she went with spending. Yeah. yeah. All the rest were like, yeah, no, and they just... Bob Mortimer's was amazing, wasn't it? Wasn't it for about seven minutes? Bob He was going... He was just talking about... He was walking around his holiday home in Spain just showing... The, and the conceit was it was the home that he and Sal had shared. He yes. was like, do you remember when we put this swimming pool in? Yeah. Like, kind of like... Oh and I think my husband had just written something for him, with him. My husband had just worked with him anyway. My husband's a comedy writer. He'd just done something with him and he went off on one about yeah. how Dan had very thin hair that he was definitely <laughs> going to lose. My husband has lots yeah. of hair. I mean, your husband basically is Chewbacca. He basically <laughs> is made of hair, yeah. yeah. He's got very thin hair. He's going to lose that hair. Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. Oh. Oh, that is so good. And the other, the other thing I really wanted to talk about was... Um, Jeff Buckley. Oh, yes. Who you did have a crush on before you met him, Yes, no? who would not? Like, kind well, of like, Sally like, wouldn't, yeah, yeah. we no. well, he, well, he was very, I mean, I think he's probably the only genuinely very beautiful looking man that I've ever fancied. He was very beautiful. I didn't fancy him before I met him. I loved that album, like kind it of like. It only struck me today, his name is Jeff. I know, yeah. <laughs> it really ruins yeah, it, doesn't it? The only it? hot Jeff. Jeff. I know, yeah, yeah the only hot Jeff, Jeff in the world. Jeff Buckley, fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so I just loved the album, thought it was really beautiful. Went to interview him for Melody Maker uh, that I worked for at the time. And I just don't like handsome people. I'm just, I'm just, they're just, they all look bland. They all look the same. I like a facial scar or a, you know, sort of like a hat <laughs> or something that allow me to identify men. They all look quite samey to me, the beautiful ones. <laughs> and um, I met him and he was just such a goofy, funny man. And he was just, he was very brilliantly careless of his own beauty. So we went and did the photo shoot and he sort of, there was a sort of rail that they got the clothes on and he put his, he put himself onto a coat hanger like this to hang off the coat hanger and then got these like black currant jelly beans and stuck them on his teeth. So he looked like he'd lost all his teeth and was just kind of pulling these silly faces and stuff and was just, he's genuinely very funny, very bright, just lovely company. So I started to think, oh, oh you are really, you are really hot. Like kind of, you, you, you're as funny as an ugly man and that's the greatest compliment <laughs> I can give you. You are, if you put on a little bit more weight, two stones, then we could, we could be talking here. And then a couple of weeks later, he was playing, he played a gig somewhere and uh, and I, I hadn't gone to it, it was in London. Then I got a phone call from him at about midnight. He'd sort of come off stage, gone back to his hotel and he was like, hey, do you want to like come over? It was like obviously a booty call. It was just obviously a booty Amazing. call. But Intake I, of breath yeah, in the room. But I had already had a really hot bath and popped on a face mask <laughs> and my really ratty toweling robe and smoked a joint. So I was really stoned and there was a rerun of Murder, She Wrote on the telly and I was just like, and I was, I was just like, you know what? He'll keep, like kind of like, I'll catch that dick next time round. That's fine. Very comfortable here. And then obviously, of course, he tragically died very yeah. young. And like kind of, so the only thing I've ever learned, the only single wisdom in all of my 48 years <laughs> that I can pass on to people is if you get the chance to fuck Jeff Buckley, <laughs> fuck Jeff Buckley. That's literally the only piece of advice I can give you. That's for very... tomorrow, maybe too late. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are we doing for time? I realised I didn't bring a, a thing on. It's 20. Five past eight. 10 past 8, sorry, that's furious. Mm. Um, it's, 10, it's 10 past 8, it's fine. <laughs> fine. And, and that's somebody who wants to go to the toilet, isn't it? It's yeah, 10 past. Go, I timed this well. 
I should be on the toilet now. Um, I, I wanted to, to also talk about the, uh, the column you did on uh, having a crush on Zelensky. <gasps> yes. Which there was some backlash. There was hoo-ha, wasn't there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. Which, well, you, you talk about it, because it really annoyed, the backlash really annoyed me. Yes. Uh, but well, I... Well, I mean, people just like being angry about things on Twitter, don't they? So it was the week after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and this was the moment where we hadn't really previously known about Zelensky before, and suddenly he was everywhere. And all over social media, I could see people going, this is a barbaric invasion. Oh, my God, what's it going to do to the world? This is all horrible. Christ, all the people who are being bombed. This is all awful. Oh, my God, war. What is happening here? Oh, the disruption of the world order. Ah. So you thought of your fanny. <laughs> but, but, but I wasn't the only one. Everybody was doing that. Everybody was doing all the due diligence. Everyone yeah. saw the horror, yeah. but everyone was also going, but he is also really hot. Yeah. That was a yeah. very common thing that I saw everywhere. Lots of people just it going... It was out there. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was a fear. And also, like, he is very hot. And also, yeah. kind of like... And also, I, I sort of wrote this piece defending, kind of like, the fact that so many women were saying that he was hot and also saying that I found him hot because... It's useful to be hot if you're just about to Agreed. fight an incredibly uneven war. Like, kind of, you, the world needs to be personally involved Agreed. in this battle. It is going to be useful to him that he is hot. Let people fancy him. You can't say what, you know, that you're not allowed to fancy someone because there's a war going on. It will actually be really yeah. useful yeah. for yeah. people to fancy the really brave, noble man. You know, that, that whole quote that he had at the beginning where kind of like they, you know, the UN wanted to evacuate him out and he was like, no, I don't want a ride. I need, no, I need ammo, not a ride. You know, that's a brilliant line from a movie. It's just, and it's such a brave thing to have done. You know, he could have lived out this war in another country, giving press conferences and stuff, but he stayed there. And, and I, if you can't fancy someone who is really brave, and with his background as well, he didn't come from a background in politics. You know, he's a writer and comedian. Yeah. He, you know, he just rocked up because he wanted, he'd seen corruption uh, in, the, in the Ukrainian government and wanted to do it. And if you can't fancy someone who's gone, I need to lead my country, and then very unexpectedly, then have to lead your country into war, then what is fancying all about, really? Yeah, like it's exactly that. It's sort of people willfully misunderstanding what it means to fancy somebody. I had this over saying, um, that Michelle and Barack Obama were so sexy. I found them so sexy. But that's not just because, you know, they're two visually attractive people who fancy each other. It's because there was something so elegant and statesperson-like about them that simply does not exist, certainly in America or in this country anymore, that was so attractive yes. about them to listen to two intelligent, elegant people being brilliant, not perfect, I'm not saying that, but being brilliant and so attractive in every way. Shorthand is saying, God, they're so sexy, I fancy them. But actually, I miss people being like that. Yes. I miss people, I, I hate that Boris Johnson would get on stage with this kind of, you know, absolutely constructed, messy hair. You know, I, I, I hate that Donald Trump looks like a bag of shit. Just like, you know, get have some respect. Yeah, ha yeah, have right. some respect for the office, have yeah. some respect for the people who voted for you, and try and be appealing. That is literally your job. Yeah. And, and also, you know, people who were trying to, like, you know, up humanity's game, who were really trying right. hard, that is an attractive thing to look it's, at. It's, like, to say, no, all you can do is talk dryly about their policy. Yeah. Like, and, you know, on a wider issue, if you want people to be involved and excited about politics right. the way many people aren't. If you allow people the gateway thought of this very good, clever politician is attractive. Yeah. You know, this allows you a gateway into talking about something that's often very dry, like kind of, you know, it's a very important part of humanity to look at someone who is being excellent and go, I like that. Yeah, like, and that you want to look happy. at a world re leader and think, you could run rings around me at a dinner party. Yes, you are, right. Like, you are so clever. That's what makes me feel safe. That's what makes me want to vote for somebody. Yeah.
you know. And I also think there's a, there's a weird thing of um, it, somehow it being considered demeaning to be fancied by women, yeah, right. particularly. Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is that demeaning? I mean, uh, we may have undermined that with all of our total objectification of various... To be fair, we were objectifying some objects right, buildings. as well. Yeah. Some literal um, objects. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some literal objects, but I, I also, just think I, it's, I, it's I a healthy thing. Isn't I it? haven't started listening to all the Muppets that I like as well. Like, I mean, okay. I've got a whole... Well, we do know... So you, you did mention that Serge Gainsbourg was in fact the human form of Gonzo. Gonzo, yeah. So, yes. my, so my theory... So I, I very much love Serge Gainsbourg, but I, I came to Serge Gainsbourg's after I had loved Gonzo for many years. And when I finally saw... A picture of Serge Gainsbourg with Brigitte Bardot and then compared it to a picture of Gonzo next to the chicken that he loves the most which is called oh, what's her name? yes 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 the yeah. really attractive, yeah, the really attractive chicken. Camilla. Camilla thank you yeah Camilla, with the yeah. eyelashes kind of like Camilla <laughs> is Brigitte Bardot I'm sure of this this is not this is my theory that I want to ask the Henson workshop and Gonzo is clearly Serge Gainsbourg he's so dapper he's got the same kind of like hooded eyes that kind of like you know he's musical um you know and he's just very very sexy like and you didn't like, consider moving to America to meet him no I I am, I am saner than our, than our friends, yes, I have to say. But, <laughs> but I'd worked out what, so, so I'd worked out what all of the different love and sex styles would be of all of the Muppets. Like, kind of like, my sister was like, but you'd want Fozzie, he's the good guy. Fozzie's great. I think Fozzie's too needy. Yeah. Fozzie's the kind of guy that if he fancied you, and if he lived in South London, you would go to your North London corner shop, and Fozzie would be there standing there holding a can of tuna going, oh, why are you in the shop? And I'd be like, well, I live in North London. Why are you here? You live in South London. And he'd be like, oh, I was just buying some tuna. And he'd be like, so, that's too needy. So who are you having there? Um, well, I mean, I would mean, have mad, passionate times with Gonzo, but I think I'd ultimately go for Rolf, the piano player. Rolf's oh, great. Yeah. 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 He's great. He knows himself. He's More comfortable fingers his than a lot skin. of the yeah, yeah, he's got that rolling piano <laughs> action, right? Yeah. Oh, good physique. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah, brown yeah, eyes. Yeah. He's my type. He's a round-faced yeah. man with big brown eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You would also have a laugh with Cookie Monster, I think. Yeah, we would have fun. I also very, I'm very fond of Peppy the Prawn as well. I think that would be a crazy two weeks. He's frightly again. He's so fiery. Yeah. yeah. He's a fiery little yeah. prawn. The posture thing again. Probably quite small, the prawn. But no. you could pop them in your pocket. Like, kind of God, really I didn't handy. know what you were going to say. I like <laughs> <laughs> so the idea of using poor Pepe as a vibrator is so upsetting. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> now I'm thinking. Well, yeah, we can object. I like by. a small. I like a small man. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Because yeah. I'm obviously very small, and I, I like the way small men look in their clothes. Do you? Okay. And out? Or like kind of? Well, they've got nice, They look. their shoes look nice because they're nice and small. I'm sorry, it's true. No, I like it. What, I, like a, I, like a, a, I like a small man. They look neat in their clothing. I mean, this one looks so small that you've just mimed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You might sit on your lap. Um, what? Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> sort of in, in an urn. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. looks good in his clothes. He does look good in his clothes. He looks great. Deer stalker, green tweed. Like, I, I, I do... Monocle popping out I do find clothes. Funny. I do find clothes very attractive. Generally, I, I really, really like clothes, which is why I have this particular love, and Catelyn shares it also, of um, ageing hip-hop dads. Yes. Because, mm. um, so we're talking about kind of Run DMC, Ice Cube, Beastie Boys, Ad because Rock. there's, th so Ad Rock is my ultimate celebrity crush and has been since I was very young. Yeah. I, I think Adam Horowitz is, is the We've is had to be really careful about this because I too love him very much. And also <laughs> Lauren Laverne loves him very much. So when we talk about him, But also Kathleen, so I was talking about Kathleen yes. Hannah earlier. Yes. So a good, a, a brilliant wife. Um, but there is something about an aging hip hop dad mm. that it's a combination of kind of politics, righteous politics, 
the intellectuals that sort of think very deeply about things, brilliant lyricists, but also fantastic clothes. Yeah. Because I believe that hip hop from the 80s were the best dressed men ever. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 1980s East Coast, New York hip hop is aesthetically stunning. Do you like a big clock? <laughs> I, I like, I like, well that's a bit later, that's a bit later. I like, <laughs> I like a heritage Adidas, a Trilby, mm, yeah. a Shell gold toes. chain, yeah. Yeah. a really, really great t-shirt, like Farrah type trying. I just, I think it's such a beautiful fashion look and I find that very sexy. And plus you know what a party once they've had three drinks, they will do the worm if you ask them. They will literally, <laughs> they will get down on the floor, they'll put their back out and do that's all Do you think they all feeling. still can? They always give it a go, all the hip hop dads I know at some point will just try and bust a move. And then you just do something crack and they're like, help! <laughs> very Although dangerous. it's much later hip hop and it's rap and it's west coast, I do spend hours just watching Snoop dance. Mm. Oh that's yeah. Pleasing. Because it just makes me really happy to watch people dance. So yeah, how do you feel about us? I mean, Snoop's very... I love Snoop. I don't fancy long. Snoop, but I love okay. Snoop. Do you I fancy love Snoop? Him. No. No, no, no. But he's, you must love him. He's, he's a very long-faced man, and I, 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 I like people that you could draw in circles. Yeah. <laughs> That's my... I'm a circle girl. I, I don't fancy Snoop, but I really love Snoop. And I think he's, he's, he's a kind of... He's an international treasure. He camped say. next to us in the backstage area of Glastonbury about seven years ago, and he had a huge tent put up, and then there was a kerfuffle, and the backstage people had to go and get a generator and put it next to his tent in the backstage area because he wanted to play his Game Boy in there. And uh, <laughs> And he just spent the entire weekend in there. And every time the tent flap opened, just clouds of marijuana obviously came out. And he just spent the entire weekend in there with a massive generator whirring all night so he could just plug in his Game Boy and play Amazing. it. Amazing. I just like, he knew what he wanted at that festival. Yeah. He did not want to go outside. He knew exactly what he wanted and he got it. I think Ice Cube aside, I'm specifically an East Coast. Okay. Um, an East Coast hip hop fancier. So we're talking about a kind of Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, um, Run DMC. Are you going to see the Beastie the Boys? kind of energy. I've seen De La Soul a few times. Have you? Live. Yeah, and I saw De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest together. They're very good, they get you on stage at the end, everyone gets on stage. Oh that. really? Yeah, I strongly And did you fancy them. all of them? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it's that kind of era of Beastie Boys, uh, Public Enemy, uh, Run DMC, kind of East Coast, intellectual, Working class, well dressed, politically righteous, now slightly gone to see dad's mm. energy that I find incredibly attractive. Yeah, you've gone sort of a bit glazed. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I like how you're really counting off it. each of these points, uh, points on your fingers, just kind of like that is the complete list. Mm. Uh, these yes. are all the things I want for Christmas. <laughs> time to do the maths you are both my year at school so are you aware but I know you weren't in school much uh, were you aware of the maths which is how you work out whether you're compatible with your um, okay. no she didn't go to school so we're both born in 75 yeah she didn't go to school I left school when I was 14 so yeah. we're, we're not great we're undereducated yeah. okay undereducated school of life it's us. high science <laughs> Uh, this it's sounds up mm. L's O's V's E's and S's in your name and your crush okay and uh, 
just some things I can't I can't ever explain. Honestly, in the podcast, this is bad. You're going to see it in real life now, and it's so bad. You're going to have to talk amongst yourselves while I do it. But what I need from you yes. is the full name of your biggest crush. So don't think about it. My biggest you... school crush. No, your biggest crush. I just... really hope we don't have the same one. Because oh what will happen if we fight? Oh God. <laughs> Are we going to have the same one? I'm really worried. My what ultimate crush when is I say my entire life. Yes. yes, all time. Adam Horowitz. Oh, okay. okay, we're okay then. You're all right. Mine is Paul McCartney. So Paul McCartney. Oh, yes, of course, yours is Macca. Yeah. Oh, course, okay. Yeah. Baseman. He is my Boo, ultimate who's crush. Who's booing? Paul McCartney. It's insane. What's wrong with you I people? Mean, I love Macca. She loves Ad-Rock. We're, yes. we're happy yeah. with yeah. that yeah. choice. Yeah. I'm a bit Ad-Rock. It should be Adam Horowitz, shouldn't it? I, think I shouldn't so. do ad rock. Mm. Okay. But then if it doesn't work out that they yeah, are compatible, oh, well, then the you can change it. Yeah, I know. Oh, the whole thing is you change. You yeah, add yeah. in middle names, oh, yes, you put in initials, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just do it until <laughs> many times, you get yeah. a good number. Yeah. You know what mine is with Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> it's 11. But if you do it, it's 101. <laughs> if you just skip the last stage, it's 101%. And that is what I'm taking. Uh, right, okay. You don't seem at all invested. No. <laughs> this is basically like the maths equivalent of those paper things yes, that went like a, that, a isn't it? It's one of yeah, those. Exactly, yeah, it's that. exactly yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Please talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to explain Lenson. why I love Paul McCartney because okay, I can't yes, believe that some people that. made like a dubious sound at that. So, the bass man. The most beautiful <laughs> man who ever lived. If you have watched the Get Back documentary alone, if you've never heard anything they'd ever done, you're watching a man in 1969. He was the most famous man in the world. He is a rock star. He should be out there taking cocaine. He should be, because it's 1969, yeah. being racist, sexist, and homophobic. Mm -hmm. He should be a complete fucking mess. He should be completely emotionally shut down, unable to deal with the rest of his bandmates. And instead, what you see is a man in a series of absolutely exquisite tank tops, <laughs> dating a single mother, having incredibly emotionally literate conversations with John Lennon. He's instinctively non-racist. He's instinctively non-homophobic. Anything that you'd be watching from that era, you'd be expecting. Here comes the tr problematic stuff. But that, you know, that's what it was like. He's it was the time. He's a very modern man. He's from the fucking future. Yeah. Like, kind of like... He's, yeah, he's, he wells up when they talk about it possibly all being over. Literally. It's so sweet. And they go right in for a close-up as well, so you get to see his beautiful brown eyes full and of all tears that and footage with all that footage with Heather is so beautiful, isn't yes. it? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. As somebody married to a man who is the stepfather to my children and is a beautiful stepfather to my children. I found that incredibly moving, yes, yeah. that whole bit. And he's just playing with his stepdaughter and they're having a lovely time and she loves him and he loves her and he stops creating one of the world's most important works of art. Right. To, to, to walk her along the thing. And it's, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. And also, he's again, a great person. And I think he, he's a pioneer, he's the most female, he, he's the person that I can think of who's absorbed the most amount of female culture or femaleness at that time in history. Like, if you think about what the Beatles were and how they presented at that time, the first thing that was sensational about them is they have long hair, like women. They're wearing pointy shoes with heels, like women. Like, kind of the bands that they're into, the girl groups of America. The first thing they want to do when they go to America is meet the, is meet the girl groups. When you watch them at press conferences, that kind of giggly sly taking the piss out of other we're all together thing is the way that women talk to each other when they're out in a gang. Like, kind of like, and then, you know, they get really famous. The first thing Paul does when the band group breaks up is move to Scotland, mend a roof and start making bread and yeah. becoming a father. Like, these are all such, if you think of everything you're supposed to do as a rock star, like, you know, all these ultra male things, everything that he's embodying is just this, this brilliant feminine power while still being one of the most alpha men in the world. And it's never drawn attention to. It's just absolutely innate in him that he's perfectly balanced. Both paths of anything a human being can be is imbued in, right in the centre of Paul McCartney. But also as Pete, as 
Catelyn's husband, Pete, always says, which is so true, he's an open-faced man. Yes. He's like, he's, he's got an open, open kind face. Yes. And, and he stopped and dyeing his hair that weird purple yeah. yes. colour as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. well yeah, yeah, done, yeah. support. But can I just say, is yes. she getting sir in her letters? No, she's not. Okay. No, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm very strict on this. But we don't know how this works. Sir, no, exactly. You can't judge me. Okay, well, I can give you your results. Catelyn and Paul. 64%, it's okay. When I'm 64%? Oh! oh. Yeah. I'll take that. It's a that. sign, it's That's a, a sign. sign. That's a sign. You can take that to him. Yeah. And Sally, Adam Horowitz, 87%, Whoa. which is really okay. high. Fair really, enough. really high. Fair enough, my um, friend. I would say thank you so much. I feel like we could talk for the means. rest of no, the no, time. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah. It's good. This is a confusing thing. Hurrah! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're very compatible. It's going to work out okay. with both of those people. Okay. That's all you need to know. Um, thank you so much for coming. You've been brilliant. Thank you so much to my guests, the amazing Kat and Ran and Sally Hugh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I haven't even done Chris Packham yet. Oh, we yeah. haven't done a Chris Packham. Sorry, yeah. guys. We'll what? have to do another one. You've been listening to Crushed by Margaret Caborn-Smith, hosted by Margaret Caborn-Smith and produced by Victoria Lloyd and Lindsay Fenner for Mighty Bunny Productions. If you can bear it, please like, subscribe, rate and give us a nice review as it helps me feel better about my life choices. 